Hey, everybody, this is Slate It Till You Make It. I am your host, Catherine Donnelly. Today's episode is a best of episode specifically for new actors, green actors, people just starting out who kind of want the spark notes from the last 10 episodes. I think there's 10. I don't actually know. You're going to want to save this episode, download it, listen to it all the time. It's got some of the juiciest juice that exists right now online from the best people that I know. So without further ado, enjoy our first best of episode episode. What advice would you give to someone who is just starting out in commercials or curious to kind of get into commercials? So I would engage in a community of other people that are doing this. Um, and I would, I would try to educate yourself a little bit on the business side of things so that you're aware of the dynamics of how things work um, so that you don't get taken advantage of um, because there are a lot of financial predators out there that do take advantage. So it's good to engage in a community that will help you assess what is legit and what is not. And you can kind of bounce ideas around with. Beyond that, I would say get some really basic quick, easy, as least expensive as possible headshots and put them on Actors Access and Casting Networks and Casting Frontier and start self-submitting yourself and, you know, see if you can book a couple of, you know, non-union and print jobs and see if you like it. Kind of test it out, you know, submit for things that you think you could do. Make sure you look at the shoot dates and look at if there's a wardrobe fitting or if there's a callback because you don't want to burn your reputation by like signing up for all these things and then like not being able to fulfill most of them because then people will not bring you in. Um, so make sure that you are strategic about it and, and test it out and see if it's something that you really like. And if it is something you really like, then you might want to sign up for some acting classes and then you might want to, you know, take some better headshots and you might want to get yourself an agent and you might want to get yourself a job that would accommodate doing this more often and, you know, take it more seriously. Because if you are going to get an agent, you can't mess around. Like they will drop you if you're not able to like really fulfill on the obligations that this requires. But there are people that make a pretty good living doing this. There are people that don't do anything else. This is what they do and they support their entire family and they have a beautiful house and a thriving life doing this. So it is very possible if you dial it in and you treat it like a business and you really know how to work the system. You know what I mean? Like how this all, the biology of the system works. Yeah. I'm trying to demystify the fact that like casting directors are like, you know, like sitting there going, waiting for you to fuck up in some way. No, going, please don't, please don't. You got this. You got this. You got this because you make our jobs easier. If you just relax and enjoy the process. But when you get in your own head and then it shows on camera, then we can't do anything because that's what we're going to be showing our clients or not showing our clients because you got in your head about it. You got too worried about what you're doing as opposed to just doing what you're supposed to do and which is have fun. I mean, how do you tell someone just relax and have fun when they're like all, it's a mind game. It's a mind game. A lot of meditation, a lot of reminder that this isn't all about you. This teacher said, you are Rocky Road and everybody loves Rocky Road. But right now they really want mint chocolate chip and you're not mint chocolate chip, you're Rocky Road, but they'll always come back to Rocky Road again. 
So you're a flavor. People want to try all different flavors, but they always come back to the good ones too. So you just got to remember it. Everything is ebb and flow, ebb and flow, ebb and flow. That's what life is. And if you just keep doing what you're doing, you'll break that cycle. You got like five avails in a row. row. Remember my story. Someone had 28. Oh then- my God. I'll never <laughs> forget. I would get that tattooed to my arm. If I was that person, I'd be like, I would just get the, yeah. like the numbers 29 on my arm. <laughs> right. The thing that I'm selling is the thing that I think is funny. And you guys are selling Coca-Cola, right? And that's okay. And I'm selling Nate Kaywood. And if you guys mm. want Nate Kaywood to sell Coca-Cola, here's the thing I do. Mm. Right. And there's an incredible freedom and liberation in that when because the thing is like is really, really easy as an actor to get worked up about being on a veil or being so close to booking a huge job that would change your life and all of that sort of stuff. When the truth is they're just not buying what you're selling. And that's okay because somebody else will. Right. Mm. The thing is, and you might know this. There are acting schools out here that do this really specific, um, somewhat maybe antiquated um, test where they have their students like in level one, they have them go out in like groups or whatever. They have them go to like Santa Monica Pier or Venice Boardwalk or somewhere public where there are tourists in LA. And they just have them politely ask these tourists, hey, do you see my friend over there? What do you think of when you see them? And then those people will like give you a reference idea, right? Knowing what you sell and what you aren't selling is an incredibly powerful tool as an actor because then it doesn't become personal because then it's not about your body shape. It's not about you being too tall or being too short it's not about you being blonde or having blue uh, blue eyes or it's not about whatever it is that you're conjuring up to make it personal about you here's what i promise you and this is might sound really harsh the moment that the client the agency and the directors walk out of that room without your headshot they're never thinking about you ever again right so stop Mm -hmm. taking it personally because they're not They're sure as fuck not taking it personally. They're doing a job. They're just doing a job, just like we are. So maybe that's Uh... why I had gotten to a point where I had recognized that maybe when we first met, which is like, here's the thing I do. If you want to buy it, that's what I'm selling. That's what I got, which is like my lane. I have two lanes for Bookable as an actor in commercial, which is like sort of pompous douchey guy, right? Or Mm -hmm. totally aloof, like idiot man. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And those are the two things that I can do well. And that's like, that's why I'm like, oh, if this is like, uh, oh, if this is a deadpan commercial, I'm not booking it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because your biggest superpower as an individual is the thing that you can do really, really well that nobody else can do. So as soon as you can find that, you can hone it. Great. Now, that being said, on, on the other side, coming back to being a director, looking at all of this talent and talking to client and agency about it is like, that's the way that they look at it too. So, so, the, so the, the quicker that, you can as an actor is quantify your skill set and use that as a commodity that you are selling to people and you understand that this is a trade acting is a trade right then you can be better at that trade once you realize what it is the thing that you do and i think i discovered that by doing thousands of improv shows i figured the thing that i can do just naturally because it's like that's just the way i work that's why i shoot as many films as i do why i shoot everything under the sun that's why i want to be hands-on about everything i want to all the equipment i want to own because i want to know how everything works like i want to do all that sort of stuff because i'm a get my hands into making the sausage sausage type guy and i think through that experience you really learn who you are and what you can do and what you can't do and that's okay Mm. because the thing is is like there is this horrendous misconception that when you show up to this city you have to be a great 
actor. And the truth is very few people get to be great actors because this is a business. This business isn't in the interest of forming great actors. This business is in the interest of commodifying performances to sell stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that might be a horrible view and all that sort of stuff. But the thing is, like, that's just the truth. And even all the beautiful indie darling films that we all love, which I'm obsessed with, and I love watching indie cinema, all of those things get made on the back of the idea of, like, either stunt casting it or going through some sort of program to be able to get financing from a financier who's interested in being an angel investor because they just like making sense. It's, it's all money, right? So the quicker, and this is this could just be cold and this could be a hard reality, but speaking in commercials anyway right is the quicker that you can detach yourself from it being personal and about you and about you not being a good enough performer it's just not it's just not the facts it's just not true the thing is that you have we all have specific skill sets and uh and that's what you're leveraging to get jobs the depersonalization of a thing that is can feel personal because it's you and it's you know a mind fuck it's almost like with reps with time and with the understanding that this is all about business at the end of the day, finding what you have to offer, what is your wheelhouse. It can be commercials, theatrical, whatever. You're like a door-to-door -door salesman. It's just you're doing it in your own way. I started thinking about it in a, in a way where like I just, and I thought it was a fault of mine, but, and I kind of would get made fun of in a loving way with all my actor friends, but everyone would be like, you really Catherine, Catherineify everything you do. Every single role, it just feels like Catherine is in there and you like do this. Catherine thing. And I'm like, yeah, but that's kind of when I started working a lot commercially. You have to kind of continuously remind yourself that it is not about you as a person or that you're a bad or good actor. That has nothing to do with any of it. At the end mm -hmm. of the day, it's just like nailing down what it is that you can bring to the table and knowing that like they're looking for a flavor. You might be their flavor today, but they're not walking away thinking about you after all is said and done. They don't really care that much. They just want to satisfy the client. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that's like, that's a really great analogy, right? If you go to like Salt and Straw or whatever, you go to one of these mm. fancy like super cool ice cream stores and you're like trying yeah, like all the 40 flavors. flavors yeah you try all 40 flavors they give you a tiny little spoon and you're like oh my gosh this is so good i love this flavor yeah. oh my gosh this is so good and then you finally pick Disgusting. a flavor and you put it in an ice cream scoop and you walk around and you enjoy your blueberry cheesecake or your tiramisu or your straticella whatever it is that you get but i promise you what you're not thinking about is how much you hated the rocky road or how much you dislike the pistachio. You're not. You're enjoying the Stratticella that you chose. And that's okay. Some days you're Rocky Road, some days you're Stratticella. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like Stratticella is an ice cream, right? It's a gelato. Stratticella. Yeah. Stratticella. You're definitely saying it right, and I'm saying it like somebody yeah. that doesn't know how to speak Italian, which I stratticella? don't. Stratticella? We got some Stratticella? Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me get us some Stratticella. <laughs> yeah. The other Italian way of saying it. Yeah, that's chocolate chip ice uh, gelato. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's my go-to flavor. If you can like go over that hump in your commercial career, I feel like it's a transformative thing. It feels like I had met you at the time when you were kind of, you knew your vibe, you were had moved on to like, your eyes were ahead of into directing things. And it was yeah. very interesting 
to see. And I do want to kind of end on this note because that is such powerful advice for actors who perhaps have never worked outside of auditioning ever. And so when you say like, and I've been in a class, like a one day workshop where I sat on stage, no one knew me. And then everyone wrote down adjectives, uh, checked boxes of what vibe I had without saying anything. And it, it was extremely helpful. And it was cool to see what I was like once I wasn't talking. And then they did it again once I started talking and it kind of like morphed. So what's some advice you would give to someone who, yeah, like who doesn't maybe know what their wheelhouse is and would want to just figure that out a little bit more? And yeah, where would they kind of start with that? That's a really great question. I mean, clearly what you've just described is a really great way of doing it. If you're in an acting class, sometimes they do it like early on. I mean, I think take acting classes. Acting classes are a great resource. Also, it's a great way to build community because this, again, coming back to building community and family as a transplant in this space. And even as a transplant just in Los Angeles, like my wife is from LA. I know that you're from Orange County. And so it's like that that's still the LA bubble, but it's still you're leaving everything behind to come do this thing, right? So mm. you have to build a community. And so I strongly recommend people take uh, classes of any form, whether it's writing classes or acting classes or improv classes, just get into a class because you're going to meet and befriend people who will be your network for success 20 years down the road. I promise you. I wish I had better advice than that because the way that I figured it out, and this is the theme of the night is through megalomaniacal repetition. That's how I've I've figured out what it is that I do is that I've relentlessly pursued improv and then relentlessly pursued filmmaking. And I just, that's how I learn. Everybody learns their own way. It's just the way that I do it, which is just like, I got to just do it a thousand times. I just have to do this a thousand times to feel like I'm actually good at something. What's your next relentless pursuit? Well, uh, this is a great question. (laughs) And I do want and I do want to uh, preface it with something else that is pertinent to actors, which is and creatives in general, artists in general. One of the things that I think is the most important thing to do when you get to the city or even if you're in New York or London or Sydney or wherever it is that you're pursuing filmmaking or acting, it is imperative to facilitate and create a life of experiences outside of this. This is just a fucking job. That's all it is. It cannot be the thing that you wake up in the morning to sunshine for, right? There has to be something else. There has to be something deeper, whether it's relationships. Like I feel very fortunate. It's like my wife, uh, who you know, who I met through casting. She worked in casting is also an actor. The thing that we like to do is like we like to travel and it always feels my cup with creativity is traveling is such a big thing for us. So I think it's important to have something in in addition to whatever this is. Uh, the one piece I'm going to give you is not like how to get started and how to get an agent, how to, but once you have an agent, and I, I say this because I have pet peeves and I know that, you know, there are some clients that do this thing better than others. Meaning that if I, if you are uh, receive an audition from your agent, no matter what kind of audition it is, if it's TV, film, commercials, anything, you got to respond instantaneously. You have to be respond. You have to, you can set alerts in your program, in the, in casting networks and in actors access and in casting frontier so that you get texts when you get auditions or, or notices. And, and there's no excuse for not confirming an audition right away. Confirm as fast as possible. If you can't do it at the time, if it's in person and you can't do it at the time, respond to your agent with a reason before you decline. Say, I need a, a time frame. Can we do it later in the day I'm working? Can I, you know, I can't get 
get off, whatever it is, you know, and make sure you look at when the shoot days are, because if you're booked out during the shoot days and your agent didn't know it, don't confirm until you tell your agent, by the way, uh, I'm not available on two of those six shoot days. Should I still submit? Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes it's no, but be communicative and instantly communicative with your agent. If they have to follow up with you to, uh, to say, Hey, I, uh, forwarded you an audition this morning. It's four o'clock. You haven't confirmed yet. The cast director's texting me. Why haven't you confirmed? If you are working a daytime job and you, you get breaks during those breaks, look at your cell phone, check your auditions, check your emails. You're going to have stuff. And even if you haven't had any auditions or communication from your agent in three months, still check. If you still have the agent, still check because inevitably that one time that you get the appointment and you miss it, uh, then it affects your relationship with the agent. And uh, you don't want that. You want to be the, the one who loves to audition, always responds right away, get, you know, and, and does it so well, you get a call back. That's the kind of thing. So be a happy, attentive client to the agency and they will help you get the most amount of work. But one thing people are scared to do in rooms is to make the room their own. Mm. They are scared to ask questions. Like they'll get these notes. They're like, all right, here's what the, here's, here's the breakdown of the spot, blah, blah, blah. Anybody got questions? No. All right. Perfect. I'm always like, I you know. got questions. Me too. And I see you do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, is this let me at least let me. Re- I always just say at least let me repeat it back to you to make yes. sure that I got it. I'm like, so you want me to walk from point A to point B while holding my phone and picking up a drink, but also doing this and also talking to this person <laughs> over here at the same time, right? No, Willie, that's not what I said at all. It's da 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 da. And I'll leave that room with the other people, and they're like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> yeah. Why you didn't ask? Why? <laughs> I don't understand either. I it blows my mind. I feel like the stupid, like brown nosing student who's like, can I just repeat that back to you? So I know that I'm on the same page. Okay, cool. Yeah, people won't even do that. And I, I cheat getting an extra take in. Like once I get into that room, I'll, I, I look where the board is. I'm reading the board. And then uh, let's say I do the first take and the director is giving me notes. He's like, all right, good Willie, but actually I want you to do, I want you to do this. I want you to do this, 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 and that. I'm like, all right, so you want me to do this? And I'll act it out real quick. I'm like, so instead of waiting for them, like, instead of just being like, okay, take two, boom. I'm like, okay, uh, let me just do it real quick. So you want me to be like, eh, 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 eh. he's like, yeah, 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 that, but maybe do this a little bit more. I'm like, okay, so like, eh. he's like, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh my God, what a hack. I love this hack. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I cheat <gasps> trying to get an extra take in by doing little things like that. Or if I'm doing it with, with some kids, I'm like, can I run it with these kids real quick just so they're, so they they're comfortable and they love that i've done i've been a father on a, a decent amount of commercials because i understand how to i have I get one maybe because i have kids mm. and two is because i understand how to interact with the kids. these kids are nervous these kids don't know anybody you tell you you're telling these five six seven eight nine ten year old kids to go into this room with these strangers that you've never seen before and act some of them can do a good job but even if they can't do it i still try to take that time to be like hey i'm willie hey how you doing can, can i can i just just i mean you say this, I'm going to say this. All right, cool. We got it? Yeah. All right. Yay. Mm. And you know, it's those little things outside the actual audition, the board that I feel really make the audition because these are now the agency, the clients, the director sees, oh, Willie, this this isn't just an audition for Willie. Willie really knows. This is somebody I could be with on set. Willie will actually help us on set. He wants to make sure that he does the best job, the people in the room do the best job, Mm. and put everything in the best light as 
as possible. So those are like my little laws of hacks. And, but I learned a lot of that from comedy. I'm on stage. Mm -hmm. I look at some of the people in the audience. I'm talking to them. I own the room. This is my stage. You're this. And when they say, come to the stage next is Willie Mac. These next 10, 15, 20 hour is mine. Y'all are in Willie's room. And you know, commercials is a number game. I, what we do like 70 commercial auditions, maybe not that many, but you know, we do a bunch of commercial auditions, hoping to get three or four of these a year. So you're not going to get all of them anyways. So at least the rooms that I'm in, you're going to know who Willie Mac is. You're going to be like, I like Willie. Willie's fun. Mm. And whatever it is. So I go in those, I, I own that room. That's my room. Y'all just happen to be directing and producing and casting and, 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 <laughs> but, 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 but when I walk into that room, y'all, y'all in Willie's work. There's no nervousness for me. There's no, oh, I hope they like me. Y'all, y'all should like me. Yeah. Y'all, yeah. well. You know, a lot of people say, how important is it to stick to the script? And I just think you should ask, you should ask the session runner yeah. when you come in, because it's probably important to get one take in there somewhere that you stick to the script, but by all means go off the script. Yeah. Because that's, that's where some of the magic happens. Yeah. And be, and it's interesting. Everyone's going to do mm -hmm. it the same. There's going to be a lot of people who did the exact same way. So why would you put yourself in that box? Back when I was studying voiceover for years, a little hack they gave us, especially with animation, was at the start of your line, whatever like emotion it is to, and this is just for voiceover, I mean, but I transferred this skill set to commercials, but to bring a little something into it, like a little sound effect, a little laugh, a little, a little sigh a little this and that because if someone's listening to a hundred of the same line on audio for a voiceover and they all have they just start with the same word it's going to sound exactly the same in the visual format you have so much freedom to to bring a moment before into your audition into the scene it's really cool i mean having worked behind the scenes we are able to watch a lot of people bring their interpretation and you don't have to just because the first line is like yeah i love potatoes it does not mean that that is the, those are the first words out your mouth. You right. can give yourself permission to have a moment before and give a little life. Again, how would you come into this line? And maybe there's something that happened before, but not like a scene, but just like living. You're a living person in an ad, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you do treat it like a scene, I'm not saying you have to go in and play out the scene, but if you just say, where am I? Why am I having this conversation? What question mm -hmm. am I answering? Who am I talking to? If you just think through those things, just have a little brainstorm about it. It's going to make your job so much easier, so much easier. Because then really? that laugh, that sigh, that glance that you start the scene with is just going to be obvious where that should be. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with the end of the scene. If you think about what's happening after, what I tell my students, I teach intro. So it's, it's people who are just starting out. And we have to break a lot of habits of the second that somebody's finished with the scene, they just stop and look at the camera. And so it's that keep it going, keep it like going. Like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. Like a deer in the, in the headlights. And you know, we all laugh, we crack up because it's the, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> like the inner, five, the inner five-year-old on the toilet, like yeah. potty train. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so that that's the thing is, it is the, the moments before and after. And I think we forget that when it's a 30 second commercial. Yeah, we do. And and some of us are like, ah, oh, I don't want to go too long because it's 30 seconds. And like, we want to be in the parameters, but you can play within the parameters a little more than you would guess you could.
could. I've spent many hours watching the people who have booked the jobs that I wanted to book and being like, well, what did they do? And having that access has been invaluable. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you just being behind the camera, same, same, right? I see quite a few, quite a few very successful commercial actors that have their audition uniform. And I used to be self-conscious about it. I used to think, oh, people are going to be like, that's the only thing she ever wears. Now I truly do not care. <laughs> I still um, do. I <laughs> I get I get self-conscious when I'm like working for someone and yeah, I, I like wear it to work and then I audition for like two things and then if I get a call back two days later and I'm, I'm just like, oh, I'm, by the way, I am wearing the same shirt, but you know, it's because of this. And I'm like, why am I saying this? Why can't we just standardize the audition uniform phrase? Because that is so much easier. So much easier. Duh. It is easier. It is easier. And students will say, do you need to wear the same thing to the callback as you wore to the audition? And I, and you know, my answer is if you want, there's not a rule on it. Half the time, it's a lot easier to do that. So sure. But if you don't, they're not going to be in the room saying, why aren't they wearing the same thing? I've heard, I've heard clients say, oh, they're wearing the same thing. That's weird. And I've heard clients say, oh, they didn't wear the same thing. <laughs> so the point is, is <laughs> it, it's ridiculous to try to figure out what people want and do it because there's just too many cooks in the kitchen. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. You know, if I could go back, I just wouldn't be so insecure about the lack. You know, my resume was skimpy. It was anemic. It had nothing. All I could see was that I didn't have a theater degree, that I hadn't studied. And that really bothered me. And when I did have meetings, I would just sit there in terror because it would be them looking at this skimpy resume and me just saying, oh God, don't ask about any of this stuff. So... It was, it was not fun, but I, I started going to auditions. I got callbacks. I was able to book a few and you know, it picked up from there. It picked up from there. My big problem was getting my, my shifts covered. It was very stressful trying to work. And I I always had a job. I don't think I was brave enough to just go full on into I'm an actor and that's my sole income. I always had another job and I have a work ethic of iron. So (laughs) that was very, uh, you know, juggling. It was Mm. juggling. Um, Not much. We still have to juggle so much years later. Yeah. It's a big roller coaster. It's like an audition comes in and your first thought is fuck. And then, (laughs) exactly. And then, and then there's a bit of a pity party. Like why tomorrow is the only day that I have other stuff. And then, and then you just go into like solution, fix it mode. You go into like, it's insane. It's crazy. What goes on in the space of one hour when an audition comes in, when you're trying to juggle it with another job and you feel like you're about to let the world down if you can't solve this equation. I have only missed, I think I've probably only missed two or three auditions because of of work though. Uh, I mean, I don't let it happen. Yeah. (laughs) I will figure it out. Yes. It's hard, but I will. I will figure it out. But yeah, it's, it's pounding the pavement. It's wildly uncomfortable. And, you know, starting session running, I was waiting tables. I had a particularly terrible brunch shift. I came home in tears Aww. and I have a huge ego and I don't like it when I'm spoken down to. I have a very big problem with that. Um, I still have a problem with it if I'm running a callback 
and the clients treat me like an underling. It bothers like help, me. Like helps. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had a day, I, I, you know, I worked in Beverly Hills, so I got treated that way quite a bit. And I came home and I was upset. And my husband just said, oh, when is your last day there? And it was terrifying because I was taught to always have a backup plan. And so I, I set my last day and then I just started going around to the studios physically and showing up in the office and saying, I really want to train to run sessions. And then I had to find somebody to train me. And I felt like such a burden. It was awful. It was awful, but I I did it. And it was frustrating because I kept hearing, oh, we need, we need people. We need people. We need people. But then when it came down to it, I could not get my name into the books and get in the rotation. And then once it happened, it was almost like too much. It was like, whoa, I don't want to work that much. I know. It's a slip so finding that balance, but that's when, that's when things started doing well for me commercially because I was so comfortable in those rooms. And I think commercials are about confidence. The people that I see who work consistently have confidence in full on just being themselves in whatever role. And the people that are trying too hard and by trying too hard, I mean, they're really trying to figure out who they want me to be, the proverbial they, right? So it's not about figuring out what that client wants you to be. It's about going in and being yourself in that situation because commercials are different. We're not playing a role per se. We might be playing a role, but a lot of it is about bringing your own personality to it. And that's pretty different than theatrical. If they, if they haven't taken any improv classes, I would say go take some improv classes because that's – improv and commercials kind of go hand in hand to me. You have to be able to think on your feet in a commercial audition. Uh, I mean we were talking about this earlier about sort of interpreting the script and being able to do different things with it. So th- that's the easy answer. Like if you haven't done improv classes, go take some improv classes and that might loosen you up and might you might find the right – vibe. If you have and you're going in and you're just not feeling it or you're not getting any feedback whatsoever, boy, that's that's hard, right? You can always you can always ask your agent to ask the casting office for for any kind of feedback you can get, which is hard. Mm. A lot of casting offices just don't have the time or inclination to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no harm in asking. There's no there's no cost. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. If, you're, if you're going in and not, it's like can I do anything different? Uh, is there, you know, is there any particular Maybe you have no idea that you're doing something over and over and it could be just a simple like facial expression. Like you could be like in my early days, I would frown a lot oh, really? when I would. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about the uh, lines uh, and I wouldn't be like selling the thing. I would just be trying to like, <laughs> for all your like, brow. yeah, welcome to this. Welcome to our shop. And like, they'd be like, all right, stop, Catherine. You're looking down and you're frowning or getting into a maybe more commercial class, taking like a four yeah. week or working with a coach just to see. The more self-aware you can be with the camera medium, that I think the better. Yep. And the more comfortable, like like you said, improv is infinitely helpful. You can tell yeah. when an actor is Big time. comfy. Big time, yeah. The mistake I feel a lot of actors make, and I catch my students doing it, I catch actors in auditions doing it, they cherry pick. They just learn their lines. Hmm. And you've got to be familiar with the entire script, even if you've only got one line. Because it's the context. Where's there? How's there any context if you just pick out Catherine's lines? Well, I've, I memorized. I'll uh, you know I'll say, did you work on this? And they're like, yeah, I memorized all my lines. And I'm like, it's not what I'm asking you. Are you familiar with the script? Do you understand the script? Um, another mistake people make is, especially comedic actors, they want to be the funny always, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to figure out is it situationally funny. And if it is, sometimes the more straight you play it, 
the funnier it becomes. Mm-hmm. Or is it actor-driven funny? The comedic actors always want to be it to be actor-driven funny, but a lot of times it's not. And if it's not and you're trying to be the funny, if it's situationally funny and you're trying to make it actor-driven funny, it's too much. It just doesn't work. And a lot of actors don't get that. I've even caught some comedic actors, not that often, but trying to make a completely non-comedic script funny. And I'm like, this is <laughs> um, we're, this is a PSA for rectal cancer, so why are you <laughs> trying to get us to laugh? I find that sometimes people want to make the commercial about themselves and not the product yeah. guys. Like you're selling a product and also the script is written for you. So decode it as such. Like Jeff is saying, like if it's a situational uh, scene, the comedy is in the situation. You don't have to try to be right. funny. Just play the role. And in be, fact, it doesn't work if you try doesn't to work. be funny. Yeah. And then also pulling focus. Like a lot of actors – and this reads – Instantly, if you try to pull focus in your scene to make it all about you, you're you're not. First of all, you're not going to get it. You're going to look like a jackass, and it's selfish. And um, yeah, it's just not going to work. And that that reads immediately, right? You're like, yes, oh. yes. If someone's <laughs> trying to, I mean, especially if we're giving the actors the freedom, which we can't always. It depends on the client. It depends on the script. But giving them permission to work some improv in. Is there anything else you would say to someone who's just starting out? Maybe they're like self-submitting and starting to audition on their own. And what advice would you give to that person? Yeah. Yeah, if I could talk to 20-year-old Jeff now. Yes, if you could. Oh, that guy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, because he had a rough go at it for, for quite a while. Don't quit the job. <laughs> Don't quit the job. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, we did cover a lot, but I think mm-hmm. for a new actor, there's this, like, rush. Mm-hmm. Slow down, okay? You're just getting started, right? I like to equate it to other jobs. If you were a teacher, if you worked in a business building business building look at me I'm like I don't even know what it's called you know actors. where they do business they wear, they wear suits and they sit on desks and stuff <laughs> but if you were there right uh-huh. on day one they're not gonna praise you like on day two they're not gonna you're not gonna get a bonus you're not gonna move up it's gonna take some time it's gonna take some time to learn your job you're gonna have to look at it as like an internship almost when you start out I think so many people are in a rush to get their SAG card. Don't get your SAG card until you are ready. <laughs> and, and like that can be a huge mistake for some people. They think that they need a SAG card to work. There's a ton of non-union work out there. And union directors do non-union. Union producers do non-union. Well, not They hire non-union actors, right? So like the union's a whole nother talk. Don't be afraid to be non-union. It's okay. It's your training ground. They go to non-union because they're looking for people that they haven't seen yet. You know, like they know that you're green. That's okay. You know, there's no rush to immediately get into SAG. There's no rush to immediately book commercials. Keep your job. Relax. Know that it's going to take some time to learn the ins and outs. And I think the other thing, too, is like treat it like a job. Commercials, not just anybody can do commercials. It is a little easier than like full-on dramas, I guess. But there's there's an art to it. And realize that there is an art to it. There's a professionalism that you have to show up with. And I think that's a big part of the job is showing up well-rested, healthy, happy, prepared, nice, ready to work. When you show up like that constantly, casting directors will take notice. They'll go, you know what? That guy keeps showing up. 
he's courteous, he's nice, he's doing a great job. He shows up dressed up like the people he's supposed to be dressed up. He's prepared. And I'm going to keep bringing him in. And then he starts getting avails. And then they, and it, it feeds upon itself. And I think that's what happened eventually for me was like, I kept showing up on time, being nice and killing it as best as I could. And then, yeah, you go like, Jeff's always on a veil. Mm. It's because it, it like feeds itself. 